You hear that clap? I don't. Um, what's going on? It's Connect Podcast. Good to be here, Jared. Good to be here. We are we are back. We had to take a little hiatus because of the the vid, the COVID. Yes, you. Yes, specifically. <laughs> specifically. Uh, our yeah, fans. last week, Aiden and I get a call, and it's from Jared, and he's like, hey, are we doing the podcast today? It's <laughs> like, Jared, we really don't have to. I was to. like, let's do it. I'll do it remote. Yes. I'll set up, and it'll be cool. Yeah, it was totally. Yeah, you sounded like Roy Kent from yes. Ted Lasso. Yeah, and, which maybe that'd be kind of, you know, I wish I kind of sounded like that more often, to time, be honest yes. with you. <laughs> uh, but... Like, oh, Matt got a new co-host. This is great. Uh, that's right. And so, but we're back and uh, feeling good, getting back into the rhythm of of life outside of quarantine. Which now, is, all like you and all nineteen of your kids, and correct with COVID. Correct. Oh my gosh. So we we Christiana, we actually had a trip t- planned. We we go back and forth with vacations. So yeah. we do a family vacation, family vacation one year, or a family vacation, a, fa- a vacation one year, and the next year. We leave the children behind, and Christiana and I just go on our own somewhere. And so our trip this year was to go to Florida. It was going to be just her and me. And we had some friends from Iowa that were going down to Destin, Florida, and we were going to meet them down there and, and have a good time and, and just relax. And so uh, it's literally a week before we leave, and Christiana comes up to me, and she says, Jared, I have bad news. And I'm like, what? And she said, I can't taste or smell anything. Mm. And I'm like, crap. <laughs> That's the so, telltale sign. So then uh, we start trying to look around, and uh, other people had had COVID, um, and so we were able to get find some tests, and sure enough, she tested positive. And so we had to cancel our trip. Thankfully, the resort we were going to, you can cancel for a full refund as long as it's seven days beforehand, and it was Monday afternoon. And so it was like the last possible chance for us to cancel and get our money back. So, so you got your money back. We got our money back from the resort, and then uh, I talked to the airline, and they gave us a credit. Okay. So we have an airline credit so that we can hopefully reschedule this trip sometime, and and you know probably not till after Christmas at this point because right. everything is ramping up for Christmas. But oh man, it was so disappointing. My friends they went on this trip, and so they would post pictures and things, and I just kept commenting. I hate you, and on every single one of those. <laughs> it wasn't pictures. just it wasn't just like you who got COVID and your family, but like your whole block, right? Oh my! Well, so we live next door to my sister uh-huh. and brother in law, and uh, my parents live in town as well. And what actually the way that it all started was that my niece got in a really bad car accident. She was traveling home from work on I seventy six. There, her boyfriend had picked her up. They were just driving home. It was like. 9 30 at night so it was dark um they weren't doing anything wrong and a drunk driver was literally driving on the wrong side of the highway yeah and ran into them head on that and was a so scary night. it was a terrible night a really long night uh but thankfully um eliana is back home she's doing well yeah, i got to see her yesterday yeah she yeah she was here and she's still recouping and you know trying to Figure, they're trying to figure out all the aftermath of all that stuff. It, we've we've learned how terrible insurance is and how they do everything. Like literally, drunk driver on the wrong side of the road, and yet somehow there's no insurance to cover anything. Yeah. So figure that one out for me if you if you could. Yes. And uh, but yeah, so we're helping. So while, while my sister and brother in law are at the hospital with Eliana, 
Uh, Christiana and I are helping with all of their kids because Jason and Jessica have uh, six kids of their own. We have our four kids plus the three fosters. And so we're all just kind of like partying at, at their house, making sure everybody's staying safe. So basically like every day is a family reunion for Every you. day was a fa- yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then my parents were coming over and then Jason's parents also came over and Jason's mom ended up catching COVID um, which then spread to everybody else. And so we all kind of got it at the same time. We were all quarantined at the same time. Um, we're all getting better. Uh, yeah. My mom's getting better. She's been on oxygen. Mm. She, I was talking to her this morning. It's been like four weeks. And so she's finally starting to, to uptick and, and go in the right direction, good. which is good, which a lot of people, that doesn't happen for them. Yeah. So uh, we're really grateful for that. But, man, it's been a long summer. It's been an eventful summer at the Haley Van Meter household. Yes, or just a long September. No, the whole summer, because the beginning of the summer I'm just started. Saying September was, you know, the accident, the COVID. September, well, all that stuff. September started with, or not September. The summer started with my dad finding out that he had bladder cancer, mm-hmm. and then my grandma passed away, yeah. and then our house got hit by a tornado, and our basement flooded, yep. and <laughs> just like, yeah, and I know that. Uh, Man, God, God is good through it all, you yeah. know. And and I feel like there's never been a point in any of this that I felt like, man, God has abandoned us. Mm. You know, mm. uh, I just never felt that ever. It like never even crossed my mind. You know, I never questioned any of it. And so, I'm grateful for yeah. for Jesus in our lives because <laughs> right. I don't understand. I was talking with Pastor Kim yesterday about how, like, people do somehow they manage to push through, but I don't understand how you get through terrible circumstances not knowing that. There's a God there that cares for you, yeah. Um, and so that's a really big deal. So, hey, that's a whole lot of information that, that I was that I didn't think I was going to share with you today. But you're welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh no, wrong button. I there was trying to give me like a celebratory being, and I, sh- I buzzed le- myself. You should let me handle oh, the buttons. Sorry, that's true. I'll sit. I'm gonna sit on my hands <laughs> for the rest of the episode. Uh, so, man, I have a good question for you. Okay. Uh, and we're we're actually in the in a man to man series right now on Sunday mornings, which is really fun. Where we're talking through what what is a a biblical guide to to manhood and what does that look like for for us to be men, especially in our culture right now, because uh, there's so many different varying thoughts about what it means to be a man or to be masculine and and and. And how do we live that out in a godly way? And so it's a really cool series. Um, if you if you haven't been listening or if you haven't been a part of Crossroads uh, in the past, check out this series in particular because it's really really good. Um, but I'm just we we're going to dive into that a little bit more today. Uh, and I'm just wondering one of the things that I think is really hard um, as a dad, and I haven't I'm getting really close to to bridging this mm-hmm. conversation yeah. um, is the is the sex talk, the birds and the bees. And so I'm curious before we get into what you did with your kids and 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 how you uh, have taken this biblical journey uh, of manhood with your own uh, in your own family. I'm curious as you are growing up. What 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 did that look like for you? What did what did manhood look like for you? Yeah. And what did it look like? What did that sex talk look like for you? Yeah, so those are two different things. So, uh, you know, thankfully in my house, um, my dad is uh, a strong. He was a strong dad. He mm-hmm. he was a really good father. Like uh, in the sense of emotional, or he could like bench two fifty. Um, I'm meaning in terms of like everything that we've talked about in the series of man to man, my dad demonstrated pretty well in his yeah, life. Yeah. And, uh, and then my grandfather on my dad's side, uh, was equally as strong in that space. And so I had two really strong role models, uh, growing up of what, 
what a man looked like. And so, you know, through osmosis, I would say, Mm -hmm. you know, watching their example and their model, um, I was really able to pick up a lot of, um, what did it, what does it look like to be a man? Um, Mm -hmm. not on the side of toxic masculinity, not, you know, Mm -hmm. in the passiveness side of things, but what does it look like to be a man from two guys who really, um, lived out biblical values well. Did you grasp that as a kid, or was that just something that once you got older, you look back and go, oh, this is what it means? Like, like were you thinking of it in that context of, what does it mean to be a man? I'm going to go watch mom, and I'm going to go watch my dad and see what he's doing, to, you know? Yeah. Or is it just kind of, in retrospect, you kind of see those character traits being passed on? Yeah, I think that it was um, mostly in retrospect, but I think there was moments along the way that as I was growing up that I actually, like, was cognitive of, of what my dad was doing. So like one of the things, um, you know, my dad's been in the C-suite for a long time in terms of the business world and everywhere he's gone. The C-suite? Yes. So executive level okay. type stuff. And so. <laughs> There's a new one for me, but there you go. I like to learn new things. There you are. And so, but everywhere he went, he started a Bible study in his, in his office and just invited people to be a part of it. And so this is what it looks like to be, um, to do business um, the way that the creator would have us do business and people would voluntarily be a part of it. Um, you know, every morning, uh, if you woke up early enough before my dad went to work, uh, he would eat his oatmeal. That's what he had every day. Uh, and he would open his Max Lucado study Bible and he would read a few verses out of the Bible and pray. And, and so like I saw that modeled growing up, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, the way he disciplined us, the, encouragement that he gave us like that was it was just a strong model and so like of course I noticed it along the way um but then I think when I became older I was able to look back and really go man like my dad was was a great role model for me my grandfather was a great role model for me in that space now when it came to sex um I say that's a different question because you know most of the birds and the bees conversation came from Adams 12 yeah the school district <laughs> uh growing up and so I remember that in fifth grade and they'd probably get an eighth and then in high school it was really funny I went to three different high schools um because we moved three different states when I was in high school okay because of my dad's job and somewhere along the line in the, what is it called the C C-suite in the C-suite, C-suite. he was C-suite. moving jobs in the C-suite yes yeah so cruising companies all that kind of Got stuff it. And so <laughs> we, um, uh, my senior year, the high school that I ended up in, you had to take a semester of health. Mm-hmm. And so through my whole high school experience, I had never taken it because it was either at different years or whatever at different times. So I had to go back and catch up my senior year and all these classes that I missed for this particular school district. And so one of them was health class. So I was a senior in there with a bunch of freshmen mm-hmm. and uh, got talked all about sex ed again. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm 41 years old. So 30 years ago when I was in youth group, uh, you know, sex in the church was like an issue that was like faux pas. And I remember being a part of this church, Crossroads, where I grew up, uh, broaching the issue like subtly Mm -hmm. uh, from time to time. And I remember some of the the anxiety around talking about that and not wanting to share too much and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But for the most part, Adam's 12 supplemented a little bit by my parents and a little less by the church. Yeah. 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 Um, I kind of, I mean, that, that, that was kind of the era, wasn't it? Like, uh, you, you heard the bare minimum, which was wait till you're married. (laughs) That's right. And that was about boys are good. Girls are good. Sex is good in marriage. That's right. Anything the, else? The end. Not today. Moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about why you shouldn't do drugs. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, we were having a conversation. I was like, remember back when our biggest concern was sex and drugs? Yep. <laughs> and now it's 
There's so many, other, so things many that, other things that are issues that, that we're dealing with. But um, that's for another day. Yeah, I, Birds and Bees for me, that my mom had a book. I remember yeah. uh, that she kind of walked us through this book about it. and um, But that was about it for us, too. Uh, mine, I, we didn't, I went to a charter school where they said that's the parent's job is to tell the kids about sex. Yeah. And so my mom did. To be fair, yeah. um, she talked to me about it, but I never really felt comfortable talking about it with 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 her yeah. or with my dad, and until uh, we got older. Um, and so a lot of that was uh, me trying to to navigate that stuff on my own, and probably in really unhealthy ways. Yeah, you know, trying to figure out what it is and um, and things along those lines. So uh, I I think that there's a lot of value for us. As men, and, and we'll talk, we'll dive into that a little bit later as well. As far as what does it look like for us to be intentional to be able to uh, have that that sex talk with our children, um, both for moms and, and and the ladies, and and for dads and the men, and that's kind of how. I mean, it doesn't have to happen that way. Um, I think that there would have been uh, some value in me having some of those conversations with my dad. Um, I think that might have opened up some doors, and and I don't fault them for that i mean we're all trying to figure it out yeah right? we are we and, are and you know like i said 20 well, you're not too much younger than yeah. i am so 30 years ago if you were a christian this was just a subject that you didn't talk about right yep. it was like behind private doors mm-hmm. that's what happened between a husband and a wife mm-hmm. in the christian setting and wait till you're married and you figure it out that's right and yep. so um there's a lot more openness to it now probably a little bit in terms of the push of culture which with how much we've been sexualized sure particularly women well in and technology culture. right i mean uh i was thinking about uh our, our kids are issued laptops now yeah. in elementary school and ipads right and uh just the the danger of of what they could do on those things and so uh ezra is always asking and karia both hey can i watch youtube um, and even YouTube freaks me out because you don't know what they're going to find right. on there. And so we'll either say no or you have to be near us so that we can pay attention to what you're looking yeah. at. And all he wants to do is watch. It's so stupid. I don't understand. The Annoying Orange? No. Oh, I'll not, send that to him. We, they've watched it, and we've <laughs> that is cut from our house. They're not allowed to watch that anymore because it is terrible. No, he wants to watch other people play Minecraft. Yeah. And, and I don't. It's a big thing right now, Jared. I don't get it. Watching others play video games. Yeah. Which I guess it's kind of like you and me watching football. That's maybe. I don't know. I, I I here's why I like it. You might be getting old, Jared. It's because we have a switch. And so I'll be like, Hey, you like to watch people play video games. Watch me play Mario. <laughs> watch which they do. They loved watching me play Zelda, okay. actually. They would our kids would sit forever and watch me and they're like, Dad, you're the best at this game. And I'm like, eh, Yes, I am. Keep I playing. Yes. Keep watching kids. That is correct. I am the best. Hey, what's going on? My name is Jared. I am the Innovations Pastor here at Crossroads Church. If you are enjoying our content today, would you do me a favor? Go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you're thinking. And lastly, share with your friends. We also want you to know that every weekend we get together at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 for our weekend services. We'd love to see you there either in-house or online. Let's get back to it. Uh, So I know that when it came to the sex talk and things like that for you, didn't that happen on your 10-year-old trips? Or did that happen before? It actually happened before. Okay. So they were already prepped before your 10-year-old trip. So then what's the difference between what happens with the sex talk and what happens on your 10-year-old trip? 
Yeah, so... Is the 10-year-old trip when you become a man? That's it. Okay. Yeah, the sex talk happens out of necessity earlier. Yeah. Um, the sex talk comes when our kids are just going into fourth grade mm -hmm. because uh, statistically... I missed it. You missed it, yeah. Statistically, um, you know, kids are having those conversations mm -hmm. in fourth grade. Most boys and girls' experience with porn mm -hmm. uh, is before the sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And so my wife and I just decided that we were going to get ahead of it. And so before you enter into the fourth grade, we're just going to have the birds and the bees talk. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be open and honest and speak to that. And our kids are super embarrassed by it, but we walk through that. Mm -hmm. Are they still embarrassed or do they get more comfortable as they get older? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's, well, yeah. depends on the the personality sure. <laughs> that's <laughs> Which fair. Child? that's fair um so but then the 10 year old trip is almost like a coming of age yeah type thing that's and that's exactly what it is uh when i think about growing up i never knew when i was no longer a boy and a man yeah. uh, i was kind of and, and actually i attached sex to that mm. uh, i thought once i'm married and i'm able to have sex that's when i'm actually a man um, and so that that was kind of a confusing thing for me. So I'm, I'm glad that you are taking this initial step of saying this is what yeah. it means to be a man. I also had a weird thought that once I turned like 13, my, my parents were going to tell me that we were actually wizards or something, and I was going to get like special powers. Um, that did not happen. Um, <laughs> so unfortunate. Yeah. So, I, uh, I, you know, because you see all those movies where they don't like develop into their powers until they're older. Yes. So, no, I turned 13. Nothing. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing but uh, so, talk to me about your ten-year-old trip a little bit. Um, and, and you do the boys. Does Sarah do? Is Sarah going to do Mercy? Uh, the child gets to choose. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. fun. So Mercy is trying to talk both mom and dad into going. Okay. Uh, for her ten-year-old trip, so she okay. turns ten next year. Yeah. So the way that it came about is I read, and I've mentioned this a couple times in the sermon series, um, a book called Modern Day Night, which impacted me pretty deeply in terms of what manhood is all about and how back in the day when it came to knights and chivalry and all of that, how it was much easier. There was a process of becoming a man in society. Today, it's just like, hey, you graduated high school or maybe even later you graduated college. Mm -hmm. Now you're a man. Good mm -hmm. luck. Hey, you moved out of mom and dad's house yes. and you're 30. Yeah, good job. You are a man. You are a man. And so uh, early on, I just decided, hey, um, my son Theo was three at the time when I read that book, uh, maybe a little earlier. And uh, I was just like, hey, um, I want to implement some of the stuff that's in this book. And I worked hard at coming up and going, what is really the identity of a man? And so for seven, eight years, that vision I actually challenged in my own life. And how would I live this out so that when my boys got 10, that I would be able to uh, teach this to them. And so our 10-year-old trips are one of adventure. Uh, we give them a $1,500 limit, basically. Um, we save $75 a month <laughs> for a long time so that we can do these trips. And so when Theo uh, came, became 10, uh, his 10 year old trip is he wanted to go to Universal and Florida. So and this isn't even the... like, a, hey, we're going up to the mountains for a day. This is like uh, this is their a trip. big deal. Yeah, this is their fun. What would you want to do? What's adventure for you? What What's that look like? So for Theo, it certainly was uh, Universal. So we jumped on a, a red eye airplane. Uh, flight super late at night and uh, it was actually one of the things that he was super excited about was how late he got to stay up and that mm -hmm. we'd be flying through the night we got there that morning uh, we went to Universal uh, both Thursday and Friday while we were there was a hurricane actually was going over Orlando that sounds terrible and so it rained a bit 
but it cleared the parks. So we rode everything that we wanted to ride like 18 times yeah. uh, in that space. And so we would go to the... Uh, it's to, like that when... Uh, do you remember... Oh, what is the movie? Uh, Independence Day. Yeah. When everyone's... Tra- like, traffic is all coming out of the yep, city, and yep. and it's just the one car driving yep, That's in. exactly the way yeah. it was for us. <laughs> like, nobody was at Universal, right. except for these two guys from Colorado. That's so funny. And so we had a good time. And so what we'd do is we'd go to Universal during the day, and then at dinner during the night, I would speak to uh, the values of being a man. And so the first night, I just talked through what those values were. And then the second night, uh, we talked through like live examples of what that is. And then on the trip, I actually wrote him a note while I was in the hotel room and he was sleeping and I sent it on like universal cardstock or whatever to him mm-hmm. uh, with everything that we had gone over. And so when we got home a few days later, he got a letter in the mail that was actually from me mm-hmm. uh, with all of uh, the stuff that we had Dad, talked about. How did about. you do that? That's right. I'm You're a, here. I'm a wizard. And the mail just came. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And so um, with the expectation of uh, you get to memorize uh, these values, mm-hmm. you're going to make these a part of your life. And so once they, uh, once Theo memorized those values, I made um, a piece of art that's like mm-hmm. a canvas that's 20 by 24 of a night with the five values on it. And so as soon as he was able to memorize that, he got that as like a plaque. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was so excited. He shared it with our community group the night that he got it yeah. and went through all the values. Uh, we hang that in his wall, uh, on his wall. And then we would go through for really the next six months. Um, once a month, we'd go out for breakfast and we'd go through like a Bible study on each one of those values. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like what I'm doing in the sermon here, yeah. we would just go through that value and we'd have to spend an hour talking about Because that what is that the man to man series that we're doing now is you're taking one value each week yep. uh, of, of biblical manhood yep. and, and, and really diving in. Yeah, pretty similar to the way that I did it with my boys. Yeah. And then after those six months, um, what we would do is really start to use that in our regular conversation with Theo. And so, you know, if there's a moment where he didn't do his homework, mm-hmm. we would talk about accepting responsibility that right now his work in this world is school. Mm-hmm. And so what does it look like to accept that responsibility? Um, you know, there's times when uh, he'll make decisions mm-hmm. <laughs> in light of his siblings mm-hmm. that aren't very wise. And so mm-hmm. we have the wise conversation. And so uh, throughout our our days and our weeks, mm-hmm. oftentimes we'll go back to these values mm-hmm. uh, in our discipline and our encouragement, mm-hmm. uh, trying to build those up yeah. with the boys. So Cademan did the same thing, only Cademan chose a Colorado adventure trip. So we went whitewater rafting two days in a row. We got snowed on, we got sleeted on, oh, we man. went uh, zip did you lining. Sleep outside? Uh, no, we actually ended up at a hotel. Oh, okay. <laughs> I talked him actually into giving us like a huge upgrade. So we had this like suite that was as big as my house. That's cool. Uh, for the regular price. But yeah, we, we started with, and this was all during COVID. Can so you just plan my trips? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay, so, yeah get, get, get me all the cool deals. Yeah, just uh, hang out with Ezra and ask what he wants and make it all happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, a wizard. Yeah, it, make it make make us get the the really cool upgrades for free. That's yeah, all, that's, that's cool. what I'm looking for. Yeah. So in my travel agent. So yeah, no, I walked like in. I walked gig. into the hotel in Keystone. Is kind of where we were staying, or Silverthorne. And I walked in, and uh, uh, they said, "Hey, unfortunately, the room that you booked is not available." And I said, "Unfortunately." sounds like I get an upgrade. And the mm-hmm. person kind of paused and looked at me awkwardly. And I said, oh, it doesn't mean that I get an, uh-huh. uh, an upgrade. You're uh-huh. going to give me a worst room? Uh-huh. And I said, you know, I'm here on my son's 10-year-old trip. Uh-huh. And it would be really disappointing if you gave us a worst room. Uh-huh. And the guy was like, just backed him into a corner, man. Yeah. And he was like, 
Well, we have a suite available. That was very pioneer so of you. <laughs> yeah, I just kept packing them into the corner. So pretty soon we got the honeymoon suite at the hotel. And so, yeah, it had three rooms in it, a kitchen, and everything. It was oh, great. Oh, man, that's fun. Yeah. That's cool. I lo- I didn't realize, I guess, the extent of, of how much that you actually allowed them to do. And I, I like that you you guys, uh, I mean, that that's a commitment on your guys' part, too, to be like, hey, we're going to start saving, yeah. send $5 a month so that when they get to... Uh, again, we're behind on that as well. So Ezra's ten-year-old trip will have to come next summer uh, in order for us. You know, he'll still be ten, so that's cool. Um, And he he can't go during the school year anyway. So you know that that'll be my excuse. But perfect. No, I love that. And you know, the first one that you spoke on uh, living passively. Yeah. uh, And you you referenced uh, how Adam was was passive in the garden, and I I'm like that's so good, and that's such. A reality, especially for for our kids, even with their siblings, right? Like someone gets hurt, and they're like, "It's cool, I'm not hurt." Mm-hmm. It sucks to be you, you right. know. Um, but for them to have empathy and care for others, and to to stand up for 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 that truth, and not just let things wash over, um, not in an unhealthy way, you know, but in, in a healthy way. And so, uh, all of these values, I've just really, really appreciated them. And obviously, um, this is biblical, a guide to biblical manhood, but. Yeah. You want some of this stuff for for our daughters as well, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's not like the values are man specific. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, if you're not a man, I guess is what I'm saying is that doesn't exclude you from from really needing to watch this sermon series because um, I think that uh, our ladies are really going to benefit from you know, it as the, well. The really ironic thing about this sermon series so far is I've got about a hundred pieces of feedback, mm-hmm. and I kid you not, ninety eight of them are from women. Yeah. Thanking me, only two are from men. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're thanking you that, like, thank you. This is what my husband needs is, to hear. It's kind of, that's exactly uh-huh. what it is. Yeah. And I think that, you know, every woman desires a man mm-hmm. um, that is not passive, but accepts the responsibility uh, in their lives, knows that the decisions that they're make, they're actually trying to be wise in their decisions, as we'll yeah. talk about this week, that they're leading out mm-hmm. uh, in the families and in the home, and that ultimately, you know, that they're living for something greater than themselves, which is what we'll talk about the last week. And so I think that there's a there's a space for women that actually yearn um, for this kind of man in their life, and when they see it, it's attractive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's as I've gotten older, you know, and and my wife and I have been together, you know, twelve, thirteen years now, um, and uh, learning what she actually finds attractive mm-hmm. is completely different than what I find attractive, yeah. you know? Uh, and, and, uh, and so it, it's, it's good to help teach those values to our kids as well. Like, yeah. you know, um, this is what it means to, to be uh, a good spouse when you get older as well. Yeah. And you look at it in terms of like culture and, you know, one of the most popular TV shows when you and I were younger was everyone loves Raymond mm-hmm. and it is hilarious. Like mm-hmm. it's legitimately funny. Um, and yet Raymond is the antithesis of every value that we're speaking about in this series. And the reality is, is that nobody really loves Raymond, mm-hmm. right? Like you wouldn't love Raymond if you were married to him. Right. You, just be, you see it in Deborah, right? She's constantly frustrated with, the, uh, with Raymond because he makes dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. He doesn't lead. He's constantly passive, mm-hmm. you know. Um, super selfish. Yeah, super selfish. And it's like, yeah, it's funny on TV watching it. And there's mm-hmm. some reality of men in mm-hmm. our culture, the way that we live that out. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's that's not what you yeah. want to be tied to. And and I think that there's application for this, not only like in, in marrieds, w- which is huge, but also like in the single mm-hmm. guy's life, right? Just because you're not married doesn't mean that all of a sudden you don't have to pay attention to these values. Sure. Because these values are as much a part of, of singleness as they are married life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so 
as you come home from these trips, yeah. uh, and and time has gone on, and, and Theo's what thirteen thirteen now. now, so it's been three years. What kind of after effects do you see from this trip? I mean, obviously, it's something he's got a plaque on his wall, so you're able to refer back to those lessons that you taught as as he goes through his teenage years, which I think is kind of the beauty of it happening at 10 as well. Yeah. I don't know if that was in the book or that's the reason why it's at 10. That's, that's but, why I chose it. But I mean, the, the teenage years are, are, are difficult to navigate anyway, and so having that base to always go back to totally makes sense to me. Uh, and I'm just curious, uh, with both of your boys, um, now that that's done, what what positive effects have you seen in their lives and, uh, as a result? Yeah, I think that at the like core level of being a guy, that men love to be challenged. And whether you're a boy or you get to older, you know, being older, that there is a, there's a rise up in us that when we're challenged, mm-hmm. that there's an expectation out there and we want to meet that expectation. Like that's just ingrained in who we are, I think. And so part of the giving them at 10 was really in those formative years in middle school was to help them through because middle school is awful. Mm-hmm. And to say, this is where your value's at. You know, your value is not in what people say you are, your value is not in all of these things, that this is, this is who God created you to be, that this is where your value is as a, as a young man. And so I really wanted to like prep my boys going into middle school with these values so that at the core of who they were was this. And so I think that kind of the after effects of this is both in Theo and Cademan's life is seeing um, them live up to that expectation. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, to have the conversation with them and to be honest and go, hey, look, like, why aren't we? Mm-hmm. Why are we acting a fool in this in this space? And why it's are you not acting a fool. Yeah. And it's not from a judgmental space. Yeah. It's going, this is who you've been called to be. This is who you this is your identity. Why why don't you live your identity? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the positive effect that I've seen in each of my boys and and they live it out differently. Um, sure. you know, their personalities are completely different in, in the space, but uh, it's a constant, just regular part of the Manning household mm-hmm. in that. And, you know, right now we're really thinking through something when it comes to, with my daughter, Mercy, of what does that 10-year-old trip look like? What does it look like to be, uh, have that same calling in her life as a woman mm-hmm. uh, in that space? And, you know, um, maybe sadly, we haven't given as much thought to that mm-hmm. as we did the boys. And maybe it's because, you know, uh, men in our culture are are where the struggle points are at, mm-hmm. um, that we didn't think that much about it. But it's something that we're starting to think through now, knowing that Mercy's going to turn 10 next year. Mm-hmm. Who do you think she's going to pick? Um, you know, I'm trying to persuade her to choose dad. Yeah. But, you know, it, I think it would be really sad if my wife didn't yeah, get to go. That would be really sad. <laughs> That'd be all three of them going with you. Shoot, you shoot, I am the fun one. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what they say. That's what they I think, say. I think their mom is way cooler than I am. Uh-huh. But yeah, they all think I'm the yeah. fun one. Uh, maybe when they all turn 21, they'll realize, oh, man. Yeah. Mom is fun. You yeah. Know. Dad's way less the helicopter that's parent. Right. That's, that's what it is. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, just like, hey, dad, we want something from the store. It's like, here's 10 bucks. Go right to the store. And they're like, really? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Yeah. What do I care? <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> go, go do it. Don't yeah. get in trouble. Right. Watching the football game. <laughs> so. Oh, man. So uh, I want to wrap back around to uh, just the sex talk because, yeah. uh, like I said, that that's a it's a difficult topic to breach just in and of itself. Um, and so I didn't know if maybe you had some strategies. It was actually really funny. So we, we, like, we like to watch Friends, mm-hmm. and we keep thinking that, you know, oh, our, our kids are young enough they don't really – like the stuff goes over their heads is kind of what we're thinking. Yeah. And <laughs> the other night, uh, we're on season 10, and uh, Ross and Rachel sleep together again. And 
our eight-year-old turns around and says, what? They had sex again? And and Christiana and I just looked at each other and we go, oh my gosh. What have we done? What, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and Christiana goes, do you know what that means? And she's like, yeah, it means they're dating again. Like she didn't know what the word sex was. Yeah. She just knew that it meant that they were a couple. Okay. And so we didn't completely blow it, but we've half blown it. <laughs> right. um, and <laughs> But it totally caught us both by surprise. Yeah. Like, uh, uh. Maybe it's not going over their heads as much as we thought that that's it was, right. you know. That's right. um, this is an after eight thirty watching. That's right, absolutely. And so um, we, uh, Ezra, like I said, Ezra's in fourth grade this year, and so it's definitely something that's been on my mind. Of man, I need to have this conversation with him. Yeah. And I keep thinking, how how do I even bring that up in a way? And maybe it's going to be uncomfortable. Maybe there's no way around it. Um, but. Uh, maybe you have some thoughts or some strategies about what you what the what did the Manning household do yeah. to to breach this topic at, at home and to get in front of because if you don't talk to them about it somebody else is gonna and they're yeah. probably gonna give them crap information so um, exactly. it's it's probably it, it's very true once yes. they get into middle school yes yes it, it's all downhill so all we need downhill. to give them the right foundation yeah. and you want to make it make it so that they feel comfortable coming and talking to you about it and it doesn't feel like. Uh, I don't ever want them to be afraid to, to talk with me about what they're thinking or what they're feeling or feel shameful about it. Yeah. So, so in this situation, um, in my family, uh, I handle the boys, Sarah handles the girls, right? There's just things on both sides of sexuality that it's like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know that I could speak honestly or openly or even knowledgeably about periods. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's just yeah. something that they happen. They happen. That's right. <laughs> and so, um, with our boys, uh, like I said, before the fourth grade year, and again, because every statistic says that your boy is going to experience some form of sexuality um, in a negative way, whether that be through pornography or conversation at school or whatever, mm-hmm. um, during his fourth or fifth grade year. And so we just wanted to get ahead of that. So we found a resource, this a makes book. makes me want to bang my head against the wall, but yeah. go ahead. <laughs> well, you can easily open the conversation. That's how I opened each of my conversations is, um, hey, we're going to have a conversation about sex. Uh, is there anything, what do you know about sex? What mm-hmm. have you heard? What have your friends said? And just giving them the opportunity to speak a little bit to it. They're totally embarrassed by what it is. And most of what they knew from my boys was so like silly, innocent, but they still had a hard time articulating it uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and bringing it out without the giggles. But, so we found a book called the story of me. Okay. That has, um, age appropriateness, um, talks about sexuality through starting like one and two years old all the way through early teens in this space. So uh, we used the age-appropriate book um, during their third grade year. And I would give them like two or three weeks of prep. Like, hey, we're going to have the sex talk. And we were just open with the terms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they would both like squeal and mm-hmm. cover their ears and their eyes and say, no, never. And it was like, no, it's going to come. And so I try to make it as fun as we could. Mm-hmm. So I actually took them out for like steak dinners. Mm-hmm. And so they got to order whatever they wanted. And, and we made it a big fun time. And Sarah took the other two kids to go do something. So it was just me and like Theo for our firstborn. And so we went out to Texas Roadhouse. He was able to order whatever he wanted. And then we came back and we read through the book together uh, in the space. And then I just asked him if he had any questions and then made sure that he understood 
the terminology that was in the book, what was happening, why it was happening, why God created sex. So you're going to let me good. borrow this book? You can absolutely borrow right. it. Yeah. That would be fantastic. And we just walked through that like in an evening. And one of the things that I impressed upon both of my boys is that when it comes to women, um, that every woman is treated with honor in our house and that I'll never get upset if you're defending a woman's honor. And um, defending a woman's honor means standing up for her if she's being bullied. Um, it means standing up for her if uh, she finds herself in a position where she can't defend herself. Um, it also means being honorable in the way that you treat a woman. So one day uh, you'll start being attracted to a girl mm-hmm. and you'll notice you know, the physical features and, and that will be a sexual attraction. And that as a man of honor, um, you respect her body mm-hmm. and what that looks like. And so we... Uh, have had all of those, we had all those conversations. And so um, one of the fun stories is the day after I had this talk with Theo, uh, it was two weeks into his fourth grade years when we, when we had the conversation is that he's out on the playground the next day and uh, three boys start picking on this girl in his class um, about sexual things. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, it was sad. It was fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going on and on, these three boys. And so Theo uh, and his buddy uh, decide that they're going to step up and they're mm-hmm. going to defend. He's going to put in practice what we had just talked about the last night, the night before that mm-hmm. dad says, honor a woman. I'll never get in trouble for honoring a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to step up and, and defend her. And so Theo and his buddy step up and his buddy was a big guy and mm-hmm. uh, kind of nobody messed with his buddy. And so his buddy stands up and he, he looks at the kid and he says, you need to knock it off. You need to stop picking on her name, and uh, we'll just call her Lucy. You need to stop picking on Lucy, mm-hmm. um, or I'm going to kick your... Hey! I like and that. And so Theo's yeah. telling me the story, and uh, I said, well, what did those kids do? And he goes, well, Dad, everybody knows that he could kick their... <laughs> right. And, uh, and he goes, they backed down, and they walked away, mm-hmm. and, and we took Lucy to the side and, and told her that... Um, she didn't have to worry about that anymore. Oh and God. it was like this this proud moment in me. Um, not that my son knew these curse words, uh, yeah. but that uh, that he actually stood up and that he that he internalized what we had talked about the night before. And then that the very next day, sadly, there was an opportunity for him to demonstrate that. So um, that's kind of the way that we handle that. We did the same thing with Cademan, um, same conversation with him and same way. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, So before... Yeah. So two weeks before you actually have the sex talk, do you ask the question about what do you know about sex, or do you wait until you have no, the sex I, talk? No, we wait till the sex talk. Okay, yeah. I give them two, three weeks just to warm up to the idea, Got like it. to get it all out. Yeah, yeah. And hey, to, just so you know, in two weeks we're gonna go out and we're gonna talk about sex. Yep. And they, so they and they can start squirming in their pants. Yep, yep. So they know Got it's it. coming. They get time to process it. They can go talk to mom, which has happened with both of them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, mom, can you go tell dad like we don't need to have this talk like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> later on in life and uh-huh. and she's you know no you need to have this conversation and mm-hmm. so we like i said and i tell them two weeks ahead of time that um while this might be a little awkward for you um it's also equally awkward for me mm-hmm. i just have the conversation with them mm-hmm. about that um, but i'm gonna make it as fun as we can mm-hmm. and so we're gonna have a good time uh, mm-hmm. beforehand so where would you like to go eat and mm-hmm. whatever they say i just try to make it happen mm-hmm. and let them order what they want. We get desserts and yeah. fill our face with ice cream. I only cream. eat at Michelin star restaurants. Yes. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you might want to start saving for that too. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we go down that road and, you know, for both of them, uh, you know, in their teenage years, they've been 
more open with us mm -hmm. about what's going on uh, in terms of their classroom and mm -hmm. um, a little bit more open to when it comes to dating and mm -hmm. what that looks like as they're starting to explore that world. And then, Do you have rules on dating? Uh, we discourage it uh -huh. as kindly as we can. Uh -huh. um, what we found is that like dating in middle school is like this weird thing of like, we like each other, mm -hmm. right? So Theo's been dating a girl, but like they've mm -hmm. never actually gone and done, done any. In fact, for a while she came to the youth group here and I would mm -hmm. drop them off and they wouldn't even look at each other. And so <laughs> it sounds like a middle school relationship. Yeah, middle school relationship. <laughs> so, you know, we, uh, whenever the dating conversation comes up, we just talk about honor mm -hmm. a lot. And what does it look like to, mm -hmm. to honor when you're with a lady mm -hmm. and what's and all that. And so mm -hmm. it's again, just a constant part of conversation going forward of what we've taught, what we've uh, tried to uh, demonstrate to our kids. And, and then we just try to be open about what it looks like uh, in the midst of relationship, what does sexuality look like in the midst of relationship? Mm -hmm. And, um, so they, they understand that. And, um, you know, my middle school, uh, second son, Cademan is way more open mm -hmm. with wanting to talk about sexuality than, see that. than Theo is. Theo, <laughs> you know, he's good with the talk and then just let me move on. Yeah. Uh, Cademan, he is, uh, he likes awkward and he likes mm -hmm. to have a good time. And sometimes those two things are not, he doesn't live in wisdom in those spaces. And so he says <laughs> things that are totally inappropriate yeah. and we have to just walk through yeah, it with yeah, him. Yeah, it's good though. I mean, I think having that that open door of communication to help knowing that you're creating a, a safe space for them to come talk to because they're going to talk to somebody. And so um, I know that uh, that's just a really big deal. Yeah. So, And I would say my wife is so good at that. Yeah. She is so good at seeing opportunities and leaning into those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it, it just is reinforced in our home more mm -hmm. so through her than me, if I was mm -hmm. being honest in that space, because she sees it and she just leans into it yeah. much more aware than yeah. I am. Well, hook me up with that fourth grade book. I will. Uh, I'm got ready. It. You uh, got it. I'm prepared now. So, hey, we are in the middle of this man to man series. It is really, really a good series um, talking about biblical guide to manhood. And so uh, be sure to go to our YouTube channel. You can see all of our past messages um, uh, are coming out. Also, want to give a heads up that on October 23rd, we are premiering our very first Crossroads original series called Practical Living. I'm super pumped for this. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. We have four episodes. We're doing the Disney Plus model. So yeah. release one episode each week for, for four weeks. Nice. Um, and then if it goes well, we'll we'll be able to create some more episodes. So awesome. uh, help us out. Watch some watch the episode. Share it with your friends. Um, it's gonna be really cool. We get to uh, see behind the scenes of uh, a welder, an MMA fighter, a race car driver, and a tattoo artist, and uh, we get to hear their stories as well. It's a really cool thing. And so uh, that that trailer is actually on our YouTube channel as well. You can check that out and, and get pumped with us. But premieres October 23rd. Uh, October 24th is a Sunday, and we're actually having Pr practical Living premiere day. Nice. And so three of our four guests will be uh, in-house in the lobby just hanging out. You can come, you can talk to them, you can hang out with them. Um, uh, the fourth one is Parnell, the MMA fighter. He's going to be in Iowa where he lives. Yeah. And I told him, uh, I invited him, I said, hey, man, we would love to fly you out and be a part of this premiere day. And he said, well, it's right around my wife's due date. Mm. And they're getting ready to have their fifth boy. So he actually got the sex talk early in life and understood it well. Correct. Yes, yes. Five boys. <laughs> Five boys. <laughs> and I told him, this is what I told him. I said, this is your fifth kid. She knows what she's doing. 
I don't think she needs you for this one. He didn't agree with me. Yeah. So he's going to stay home. I'm glad he's accepting responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's, yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very good biblical manhood thing to do. So, um, but yeah, uh, just really, really pumped about it. So uh, help us out. Check that out. And uh, uh, yeah, that, lots of good things are always happening here at Crossroads. Cool. So it's fun to be a part of it. Thanks, Matt, for being with me. Glad to. And uh, we'll check you out next time. All right.